Hello and welcome to the latest UK hospitality podcast and today we will be talking about how the hospitality industry has navigated through the last three months and most importantly how the industry is planning its comeback in line with government guidelines of course. But before we look forward let's look back with our guest today. So it's a jolly big welcome to some true hospitality heroes being Tom Akins, Greg Mangum and Anthony Pender. Hello guys. Um, I wonder if each of you could give us just a few words on, on who you are, um, what you do, and, and who you do it for. Um, just a, a, sort of a quick bio. Anthony, perhaps you could uh, kick us off. Yeah, sure. So uh, it's Anthony Pender. I'm uh, one of the co-owners of Yummy Pubs. Uh, we've got four pubs, uh, three in London, one out in the countryside. Been around now for far too long, 14 years, and uh, just getting on day to day trying to make pubs better. Greg? Oh, we've got... Uh, hi, Greg Mangum. Uh, I head up a charity called Only a Pavement Away, and we act as the conduit that takes homeless people, ex-offenders, and people leaving the military with some issues, and we find them in uh, employment in hospitality. And Tom? Uh, hi, I'm Tom Akins. I'm a chef and restaurateur. I have uh, a restaurant called Muse uh, in London, and I have been... Um, recently opened literally three months ago just before covid struck so very much looking forward to getting back into the kitchen of course um let's start by by just casting our mind back to the day that the prime minister said everything has to shut and what your first thoughts were about your business uh, your employees and what and what you did first um well i think for everyone it was kind of a you know, sort of, oh Christ moment. I mean, we definitely did because we just have recently opened. Uh, we had, you know, thank God, had um, all of our sort of reviews in and critics that we wanted to come in. So we were kind of, you know, we're on that sort of nice roll when you've had the momentum of some really good reviews. And from there, they kind of, you know, set you off onto a good, you know, good steady path. And then that all came crashing down. Um, so, it was, I think, for all of us, you know, a, a real sort of shock to the system of actually having, you know, to completely shut down all operations. And because, as for all of us, there wasn't really a sort of clear message of what was what was going to happen, what was the sort of future going to be, and, and what was around the corner. There was a little bit of sort of guessing and, and whatever happens next. But um, I think, as we all have seen, the majority of, you know, of people who are in hospitality at how you know, everyone has, has come together, um, you know, to help the NHS and to help each other has, has been amazing. I think that's the one great thing that, that Great Britain, and as it stands for being great, is to help each other um, through through a time of need. Um, so, you know, we um, at Muse put everyone, you know, on, on furlough um, and we're hoping, you know, to get operational as soon, you know, as the path is, you know, is really clear. Um, and I think, you know, it's quite difficult for us because we're a very small operation with only 24 seats and we're all kind of, you know, on top of each other. So the, even the one metre distance for us is, you know, is, is a real um, challenge and not yeah. at all possible business-wise, business, business wise, that's for sure. So I think we are most likely going to wait um, until, you know, until September to open. But there are other things I think that um, that I've always said, you know, to to my you know to my staff as well. Out of out of a moment of negativity, you always get a positive 
you know, spin on things. And I, I particularly have said, cherish, cherish this moment to a degree, because it's a time that you can sort of look back upon and hopefully have a time of, of learning um, and taking time with family and loved ones and, and reading and, you know, filling your time with, with useful things um, to preoccupy yourself. And as I did, you know, working with um, Only Pay in a Way and, and with Greg and everyone there, um, you know, it, it's that part of it has been, you know, really, uh, really encouraging and, and a real fun thing, you know, to fill my time with as well. So, Greg, um, you must have had some quite worrying thoughts when you saw um, that things were going to shut down. What What did you think your first sort of actions needed to be? Uh, I think for us, we came, uh, Dylan and my wife and I came to a very quick conclusion. We either sat here and watched till it all opened up again, or we did something. And so we started the pay gap fund where we took 18 of our members and paid their missing 20% salary. Uh, and then I sort of got approached by someone, uh, by one of the councils who said, could you, do you know anybody who could feed 20 people? And I thought, I know a man who's got a pub in Euston. So I rang Anthony and said, look, it's just 20 hot meals for a couple of days a week. Uh, he's now doing 125 meals a day, seven days a week. And then it expanded and other people came on board and joined it. And we ended up putting out on average 6,000 meals a week, 9,000 drinks. And I think what that did was it ensconced us into the, uh, the homeless charities because they turned around and said, you know, hospitality didn't run away. They stayed with us. They, they stood shoulder to shoulder and they're helping our people. And I, and I think it's created a great bond between us and the homeless charities and, and people running the food banks. And then we were very fortunate that Laura, who worked for Tom, came along and said, how about this charity cookery challenge, which Tom will explain to you later. And that, that's just really, really taken off. Uh, and I think what all of this is done, and, I, and I'm building on what Tom said, I think what this has done is everybody says hospitality is in the community. I think hospitality is the community. Uh, and whilst many other people have done many things, no one has fed the NHS, supported the homeless, helped the vulnerable, while also looking down the barrel of a gun trying to protect their own businesses. And I, I just think it's given new recognition for hospitality. And for us, as only a pavement away. Um, we're getting a lot more homeless charities saying, we've seen what you've done, we've seen what hospitality's about. We've got people now who we'd like to direct towards you when vacancies come up, which before they saw hospitality as a bit of a slave driving low paid job their whole perspective has changed and and then i think you know you have someone like anthony who just epitomizes what hospitality's about and then you have a, you know tom come in who's who's doing everything on, on the cookbook and people are saying god you're not there just you know this isn't about you you're there long term and you do believe in sustainability so anthony um a little bit of background about you and your business and um what your thoughts were being a, a pub operator so um, when you talk about uh, Boris doing the uh, closure, obviously, yeah. uh, more when he actually said that we could close, well, we had to close, and the furlough came in, that was actually more of a relief because the three to four weeks before that, we were just hemorrhaging money because we had nobody coming into the pubs. We rely on hundreds of visitors a day, some of our sites. 
and uh, we, we were down at sort of 20, 30% by the time the announcement was made. So actually closing the business became a relief at that point because keeping it open is more expensive than closing. Uh, and what we were trying to do at that stage was just we accepted by that point that we'd lost our business and it was going. And we worked out that we could employ our staffs for another sort of three to four weeks, pay them for three to four weeks before there was no money left. And we would have owed a lot of suppliers and HMRC money, but we would have paid our staff for as long as possible and it would have just fallen over. So the the announcement for closure was also shortly followed a few minutes afterwards by the furlough scheme, which, look, it, it saved 3.2 million jobs. There's no doubt about that. And of those 3.2 million, 72 of my guys so it was quite an emotional moment to know that, that the team that you've been building for the best part of a decade is going to remain intact. And um, even if we kept the pubs, if we didn't have that team, those pubs wouldn't open for six to nine months, you know, because you've got to build that back again, that yeah. intrinsic knowledge. So it was actually more of a relief. And I think we we're thankful. So when Greg, when you get things like Greg asking you to do things and a few other people sort of in our country pub, we started doing pick and collect grocery. Um, I think the realisation was is that the taxpayer is actually paying this furlough and we owe it to them to do something, really. And I think we're all used to people in hospitality aren't lazy. We're not lazy. We do what we do because we love doing it. And if you want a short, low-hour job and easy life, you don't come into hospitality at all. You do it because you love it. And uh, I think I can't take the credit for cooking these meals. It's actually my team. And I, I rang them and I said, look, I can only commit if you guys commit to this. It's I can't pay you. It's a voluntary. This is voluntary. Um, but do you want to do it? And actually, a dozen guys came forward and said, we absolutely want to do this. And I think they want purpose. And um, yeah. after one week of lockdown, I think more and more want a purpose. Because people don't realise how much they enjoy their jobs until they haven't got them, actually. And, and, also, yeah, also, job. and also being around their colleagues as well has a huge benefit we're the, biggest, uh, we're the biggest bunch of extroverts and misfits in hospitality at the end of the day aren't we and we don't do very well we're in a box on our own uh, so we need to be around people that's that's in our nature and uh, I think that's kind of shone straight through and not just my business like Greg said I, I know so many of my peers and we've I've found I've always known I've had friends in this industry but I've really found true friends now uh, the way people came together but also just talking to them about what they're doing. I don't think there's many people sitting down on their ass waiting to reopen. Yeah. Everybody's done something, you know. Uh, I, I, there's been seldom a person who owns or runs a pub who hasn't done something. And I wouldn't just put myself up or the, my team up on a pedestal. I think the whole of hospitality has done that, actually. So, so you've all touched on the fact that the industry has come together in, in, in different shapes and forms and, and, and helped in areas that... No one would have expected it to or thought that it could. Um, we're now looking at reopening um, in, in the next week or so. What are your plans for that reopening? And how do you continue to do the good work that you have been doing? Because it's not going to be a quick fix while reopening your businesses. Can you still continue to, to support and, and do those, uh, those wonderful things that you've all been doing? Tom? Yeah. Um, so as I yeah as I highlighted earlier, we uh, we kind of you know as you know what we have at Muse, you know we're very a very very small setup. Yeah, it, it you know it seriously feels like you know uh, a family. Um, you know we're all very committed to you know to to what we do and and the service and the food that we're you know providing for guests, and we all 
I guess, you know, chatted about it and took and took the decision, um, you know, to 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 wait until, you know, we get further news, I hope, of lifting, you know, complete restrictions, because I think with uh, with what we provide, um, you know, it's quite obviously special and unique. And in terms of having the restrictions that we still have, it's it's basically quite you know, difficult for us to give a the food service um you know the, the sort of touches that we that we feel that guests would appreciate so we've made the decision you know just to wait you know for a few more weeks to see after the first um sort of openings of restaurants um from july the 4th after a few weeks you know there may be further you know further restrictions lifted um so we're still sort of targeting possibly at the minute sort of a late um a late august early september um, opening, but in the meantime, you know, I've been discussing with with Greg um, about doing, you know, the five minute challenge uh, possible cookbook. Um, so I'm looking and speaking to various different, or will be, to various different publishing houses to see if there's any interest there. Um, could you work? Could, could sorry to jump in there. Could you just expand for us, for those yes. who haven't been touched by the five minute challenge, exactly kind of where the idea came from and 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 how people can get involved further. Yeah, so basically the idea, as you would have seen, there's been a lot of um, sort of charity fun things, fundraisers on Instagram, social media. And again, the whole point about it is making it, you know, fun, that it's a fun thing to do. And, and with cooking, as we know, the majority of that, unless you work in a really busy kitchen, which is quite stressful, it, it is fun after all. So trying to sort of keep things simple in the 555. So you basically cook one of your meals in, in five minutes, you then donate five pounds and then you nominate five other people. Um, and, you know, some are seeing what other people were doing, some were sort of doing, you know, sort of only use sort of four ingredients or five ingredients. And I think the fun part of being, you know, a chef or a person is being creative with as many or as a few ingredients as you, as you wish. So we didn't put any restrictions on, on any ingredients. So it's just solely yourself against you know against the clock and how many um, people have how many people have done it well, we've got nearly 200 now that have, that have done it wow. um so i think we're around 100 180 um and i i i keep prodding and poking chefs all the time and you know by 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 the fourth or fifth time that i've been prodding to them you know i say to them well i'm going to name and shame you on instagram <laughs> if you don't get to it i chop chop um, <laughs> so better watch out all of you because i'm coming um, <laughs> But no, it's been really fun. You know, the uh, I'd say the sort of real emphasis on you know on the spirit of it and then the fun people have really taken to that. And of course, it's going you know it's going to um, to the great cause of only pavement away. And I think the majority of of different caliber of chefs, from those in sort of high end fine dining cooking to fast food outlets, you know, they've all taken part and they've all really done amazing you know creatively thinking dishes that they can knock out in five minutes so it's you know it's been remarkable seeing that and you know all the chefs as well as you know the public themselves taking up the challenge and i have to say greg yours was particularly special the first day <laughs> I, don't if, I don't know if any of you would have seen it but he literally almost burnt his barbecue down the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so um okay. There, there are there are some great calamities, you know, sort of in there as well. Because once that clock is started, you can't really, you know, sort of do anything about it. So you kind of carry on, and then you, you know, it's it's just fun. Yeah. So it's been taken on very well. And as I said, I can't now keep up with, 
you know, the chefs that are nominating other people to kind of pester them. So, you know, it, it's, it's difficult to keep up now, which is great because that's the momentum that we need. And, and Anthony, your pubs, are, are they reopening according to the government's uh, timings? And, and are you going to continue yeah, to... Yeah. And, and will uh, you be um, continuing to support Greg in the first sort of few weeks and months that you are open? Can you can you do yeah, both? So, um, I guess we, we've... We've supported, uh, maybe not with Mills, but we've always had an employment program. Uh, we work with uh, Centre Next Door to our uh, Euston site, uh, New Horizon Youth Centre, where we would do a six-week work placement training and then uh, offer a job. And if we didn't have a job, uh, we'd ask friends in the industry if they had vacancies. Um, and th the plan would be, I think it's probably, this has probably reignited us to go and do that again after this, once we've got back on our feet. Um, we were, we are, and were happy to carry on with the mills. Unfortunately, uh, it's going to all change now because uh, an element of it is that a lot of the funding's being cut. They're being taken out of the hotels again. Uh, our hope is that a lot of these guys will find permanent accommodation. But should um, one of the local councils or Greg or anyone else come and help ask again, of course we're going to be around to help with. There's always a bit of extra capacity in the kitchen, uh, a bit of downtime. At the end of the day, uh, you're batch cooking. We can we can achieve it. I think uh, it daunted the guys when we were doing uh, 125 dinners plus breakfast and lunch and, and goodie bags. But I think they've kind of realised now that you can do these things en masse if you're organised. And I don't think they'll be daunted by doing mm. it when we're open either. But no, we're looking forward to getting the pubs open. We're, we're looking to get three of them open on the 4th of July. Uh, the one by Euston Station, the Summerstown, will be a couple of weeks later just because there's nobody in the offices in central London yet. Uh, we're very fortunate, and I do feel for Tom and uh, the guys in the restaurant world pubs. We have lovely gardens, so we may not be able to trade to our full capacity, but we will be able to trade, and uh, we'll be able to kind of at least keep some momentum going. So we plan to do what we can. We've we've expanded our outside spaces. We're hoping to work with local authorities to be given a bit yeah. more pavement space. And uh, yeah, we've had to shift and change our business a fair bit, but uh, it's actually been. It's been a nice challenge, actually. I think we're going to come through this with a better business than what we came in with. Do you think that um, going forward that, that people will appreciate going to the pub, going to the restaurant a little bit more, having not been able to for the last few weeks and months? I think pre-lockdown people are starting to respect our staff a lot more, actually. I think the fact that our guys are coming into work, keeping a smile on their face... Because uh, central London, it wasn't. It was quite a nervy place to be on the three weeks beforehand, and our guys were coming in and doing their job. And I think um, they showed model professionalism actually. And I think that's one thing our industry isn't recognised for is professionalism enough. And we're we're such a mandated and legislated industry with so many licences and procedures. Uh, the the kind of structure we have to have in place for environmental health. We, we were professional and actually coming through this, I think that's been everything that we've got in our locker is just being recognised now. It's people saying, well, how are you going to do all these risk assessments? And oh, what are you going to do about all these new chemicals and everything else? You, you have to be cautious. Like, guys, we've already got it all. We've been doing this since the day dot. And actually, mm -hmm. food standards in this country are actually incredibly high. So adding in the meter spacing is an issue, but actually the process around cleaning and everything else is... I don't see it as an issue for my business. I've got good standards and I'm going to maintain those standards. Greg, do you think um, people will be more aware of the, of the plight of those in those who uh, can't fend for themselves and, and are looking like being back on the streets? Do you think there'll be more 
of a focus on trying to help those people? Yeah, uh, definitely. I remember when we did our Fill a Flask campaign, that a, a guy who we met in Brighton that was actually from private equity, he was 21, but he'd become an alcoholic and was on the street. He actually said to me, people notice us, but they don't see us. I think now people will understand that there is an awful lot of homeless and a lot of vulnerable people about. I, I, I've always said the same thing. I think the homeless category isn't seen as sexy. They're there, they're part of society's norms and people walk past them. And, you know, you only got to look. There's not been an, an amazing amount of press about them. Mm. There, there's been The Guardian and The Telegraph who have done articles on it. Uh, you know, and we've, we've really pushed to get on the one show and BBC Breakfast and that. Um, and it's, it's not something, you know, talking about a homeless person and getting them into work, well, okay, that's just what they, they sort of should be doing. So I, I think people will have a greater recognition of it. And I think what we have got is that the homeless sector now wants to work even more so. I'm inundated with homeless charities wanting to get onto our new job board, uninvited. Excellent. Let's just, uh, as we come towards the end, look at the government's relationship with hospitality. Um, and do you think that government now has a better understanding of the of the industry and what it provides and what it generates? And and is there anything else you think in the short medium term that they could be doing to to really mobilise the industry? Tom, I think yeah, um, you know, people definitely have have missed us, uh, restaurants, pubs, hotels, you know, because it is you know it's a huge. Um, service industry that provides, as we know, thousands and thousands of jobs across the country, and you know it, it's. I think it's probably what, one of the third third biggest, I think, sort of revenue generators in terms of you know incomes for you know for for the sector. So I think you know it's they have seen just how much effort everyone in the hospitality industry has given. You know, to the NHS through you know various you know charitable causes, and the amount of chefs you know that I know that have given literally you know every hour of their time off in this period, working and cooking, you know, doing meals for for NHS. So as I said, the the value of that that they would have blatantly obviously seen, I hope, will make them realise and stand up and sit up and take a little bit more interest. Uh, into the hospitality sector, you know, because after all, you know, it, it provides not only you know an amazing, amazing jobs and, and security, but at the end of the day, it provides a service, you know, to to many people eating and dining out um, across the country. So I think, you know, good old Boris, um, you know, has seen the power of that, and I hope going forward, with all these different restrictions that we do have. You know that it comes a little bit easier because at the end of the day we now are sort of ridden with so much paperwork that we have to do um you know to run our businesses you know successfully it, it really is almost a real hindrance in getting those wheels back in motion again because it is just as i said i remember sort of you know 15 20 years ago when i first started in this industry yes it was obviously very very different than rules and regulations but at the end of the day you know a chef could do what they love doing in this industry and passionate about that was which which was cooking, whereas now you know I'd say the cooking part of what I do and what a lot of chefs do is the smallest amount of running our own business, which is you know which is kind of a shame, but it is in the world that we are that we are in. 
Anthony, is there anything you think the government could could do in the yeah, pub think, sector, uh, particularly, to to get things really moving quicker? Yeah, I think. Well, first of all, Tom hit the nail on the head. I I don't think uh, normally when we've been talking to government before, it's been junior cabinet ministers, and uh, now it's the chancellor and the prime minister. And until that Friday with the announcement of furlough, they didn't realise that it was 3.2 million jobs at that point. And I think that really wide-eyed opened them because I think as an industry, we were bored about hearing about 400 jobs going at Toyota, although that's tragic and you don't want any jobs to go. That was always hitting the headline, 400 jobs at a car plant. When you talk about one restaurant chain going down, there being tens of thousands of jobs but not even getting a mention in the paper. So I think that's now a stark reality for the government and for the voter. Mm. Um, I understand that the financial stimulus is going to run out at some point because we can't bankrupt ourselves by return. But I'm with Tom there that, you know what, we need to relax a few things in the short term around planning. So mm. planning applications, the backlog there is now six months. Um, there's going to be a dearth of planning if we're going to be using outside spaces properly. We need help there. We need to streamline those processes for things like licensing applications so we can be more nimble and we can be more innovative again because we have been bogged down over the last sort of, definitely in the last five to six years, central London, it's just felt more and more of a weight on our shoulders. And we can't, London became the capital of cuisine for the world because it was allowed to evolve and adapt so quickly. And we're, we're bringing rules in that are stopping that. So let's, let's get back to our best. Uh, and the other one I would change as well, and a good friend of mine has said it the other day, and it really resonated, was we need to change the apprenticeship programmes again. The last government got it wrong. And they've got the ability now, if you want to do a quick change, let's get it back and let's go back to how we were. Um, when they made the fundamental changes around having to contribute and small businesses having to contribute and the uh, the levy, it just dried up apprenticeships on the level one and level two areas. I know for construction it's been for a nightmare, but definitely for chefs. And I don't know if you feel this as well, Tom, but bringing apprenticeships on is so hard now and quality apprenticeships are hard. And, we need talent and we need to be allowed to develop that talent and that, that doesn't cost the government money. It's just about relaxing the rules and going back to what worked before, a classic apprenticeship where we can look after the people well but train them in work. Yeah, some very some very good thoughts, I think, across all industries but obviously particularly in hospitality and I know um, that uh, Kate Nichols has, has been advocating this for some time too. Um, finally, you guys are our hospitality heroes. But each of you must have a hospitality hero each uh, that you have two. So starting uh, maybe with Greg, who would be your hospitality hero right now? Uh, I, I think everybody in the industry is going to say Kate because of the phenomenal work she's done. Um, if you had, but if you said to me on, you can't take away what Kate's done and she, you know, she has just been phenomenal. But if you said to me uh, right on the front line, then I would go for the team at Yummy. Thanks, mate. Tom, yeah. do you have a hospitality hero? Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's, a, well, there's a chef friend of mine um, who was basically, um, you know, he lost his, he lost his, he lost his job just before uh, sort of COVID struck, um, but he. Uh, it's a, a sort of challenge and um, and helped uh, with a lot of got a team of chefs together and approached um, I think it was with DMD and approached them to uh, basically take over a kitchen and he got all the food sponsored and then at the end of you know at the end of this he's he's literally delivered 
and fed over nearly 100,000 um, NHS meals. His name is Larry, Larry Trishaka, who's Sri Lankan chef. Uh, he's worked in some amazing places. He's worked with Pierre Kaufman, he's worked at Petrouse. Um, and yeah, so he, he rallied you know, together a team, of, a team of chefs and literally cooked nonstop you know, um, over these three months. Anthony, your thoughts on, on, a, on a hero? Such a hard one. I wouldn't say I've, I've got a hero. I, I admire so many people because uh, I think one thing is I, I came into this industry very young. We bought my first pub when I was 24. And uh, I've got to say that there were that there's like a core of pub owners who just they, they pour time and effort into helping you, actually. And it's guys like Keith Knowles, Phil Forley, uh, Peter Paul Neal. The list is endless. And then you've got guys behind the scene like Kate and you've got Mike who's uh, only just left the CEO role at the BII. Steve Walton's coming. These guys, we were on the phone at one o'clock in the morning talking, I've got this meeting with government tomorrow. What's your opinion as an operator? There was phones on all the time. And I've just got to say that it's hard to point out one hero because it's been one massive team effort by so many people out there who... They may not get the recognition they deserve, actually. And if you've made a plaque, it'll be a very big plaque of names. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I hope the next few months work out well for you and uh, everyone's back trading successfully over the next few weeks and months. Thank you again. Yep, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys.